0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's
1: Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building podcast. Uh, My name is Laura Pereno. Today, I'm with Debbie Kiever and Greg Diener, and we are excited to be in our last week on our series for the month of September called Do-Overs. We have had so much fun uh, reflecting on the way that God uses the things that we might call uh, mistakes or places that we didn't want to be or different seasons of our life that we weren't expecting and how he turns them around and uses them for his glory. So we're also very excited because our podcast is called Beyond the Building and we are part of the Beyond Women's Conference. And today, Debbie and I were talking about the fact that we have taken this beyond to a new direction. Right? We have always been a ministry that uh, talks with or talks to or encourages women, but today is a monumental episode for us because it is our first time uh, to have a man here in Beyond the Building with us. So Greg Diener is a dear friend of ours for many years. Uh, Dan and I met Greg and his wife, Midge, at the same time that we were both getting married, which we've been married for 27 years now. And so Greg and his wife, Midge, Dan and myself, we have walked the journey of marriage ever since day one, right? We just met each other and at the same time uh, got married and we just had this wonderful relationship. We're grateful for relationships in the family of God that continue through the years. And we've had lots of laughs with Greg and Midge. And even as we're on a Zoom podcast right now and I can see Greg's smiling face uh, that you cannot see, it just reminds me of the joy that comes when you are on the journey with Jesus and the friends around you. So Greg, we are really excited that you're here with us today. Thank Uh, Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here. We know that you have been given a story that is a little different than the do-over stories that we have been referring to this month however in every do-over that god allows us to go through every experience that we go through with him um, we just come out and i know that your story is a is a beautiful example of this we come out with a desire to know jesus more and a desire to follow him in a deeper greater way So I'm just going to open up the floor here. Deb and I, um, we just want to hear your story. We know that our listeners will be encouraged. Every time that we have a new episode of our podcast, we find that there are people who have walked a very same road that we have walked or somebody who's joining us has walked. So would you just um, share with us today, you know, what's your journey? What has brought you to the place that you are today? And um, how has God been moving in your life up until this point?
2: okay well we're we're talking earlier about some things and i just need a quick i I call it my mantra as as a guy so so, because men have to have mantras so (laughs) here is my mantra as a background so you know what i got myself into well uh when i was 33 years old um god called me to marry a very beautiful woman so the 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 humor in this is that i thought well christ died for my sins at 33 i would do the same thing lay my life down in marriage well, I became the husband for uh, f- husband for the first time. Her first husband had died of brain cancer. Uh, I became a stepfather of four and a grandfather of two with mm. two words. Mm. I do. <laughs> so that's where kind of where the journey started. So we're married twenty six years in February. Uh, still stole four stepkids. They're all my children now. I have nineteen grandkids and one great grandchild with another one on the way.
1: Oh my goodness. Hey, guys,
2: here's the key. One diaper.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure how the women listening are going to feel about that, Greg.
2: (laughs) So that was kind of the the story of of my life going forward. Um, God has had His hand on me from beginning. I was born with cerebral palsy, which affects my right side. So through through life, I have I fly airplanes, I ride motorcycles. I'm a 27-year paramedic in the streets of Chester. I now teach paramedicine. There was never anything, and if if God had whispered this in my friend's ear when he said this to me, he said, you might fail at something, but until you physically fail at it, it's not a failure. You can't claim it until you've tried it. Mm -hmm. And God has 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 a way of getting to us in life and moving us forward through all kinds of experiences, and it's just a way of showing that he is in charge. Amen. And he is he is, our, he is the Lord and king of our lives. So that was an added bonus that wasn't expected. So mm-hmm. the, the story that started my walk in ministry was my wife. Uh, we knew we were called to be together because you just don't put that whole group together by accident <laughs>
1: uh,
2: and we continued to work through ministry and you know serving in churches and being on boards and being treasurers and you know helping around the church. My wife's the children's pastor here at my home church. And, uh, but there really wasn't any clear cut, I want you to do this, at least in my life. Midge knew she was called to teach children church since when she started, you know, when she was, you know, in her late teens. So the event that got me to the point where I need to do something about this happened, uh, I'm going to say, six, five, six, seven years ago. I was worshiping in a church that I attend regularly and still attend regularly in upstate New York where I have a small vacation trailer that we go to regularly. And the pastor started with an example. He said, we go through life, and we're so happy. We come to church. We do, we do, we do godly things. We do what God, we think God wants us to do. We clean the church. We minister to people. We help people out. And he said, we never get all what God has for us. And he walked up around the front of the platform and had a table, and he pulled out what appeared to be two communion cups. So he filled one with water, and he started pouring it from cup to cup. So water was transferring from cup to cup. And he said, a lot of us as Christians are very happy just to get a little wet at church and a little what God has for us, and we think it's all great and we move forward. He said, but you know what? There are times when you really need a little bit more of what God has for you. So he picked up, um, I call, I'm going to call them red solo cup size cups. Uh, they weren't red solo cups. So he starts pouring the water from those two cups. And he goes, some of us have a whole lot more of God. And it's really great because we do what God wants us to do and we have ministries and we have this and we have that and we cut the church lawn and we shovel the snow. It's, and it's sh- shovel the snow at church and so on and so forth. But then there's some, there's some super people in church. We look at, you know, we think, oh, you know, they make great ministers and stuff like that. And he pulls out two, uh, two pitchers and starts pouring water in the pitcher to the pitcher. And he said, I'm at a point right now in life where I'm tired of having what I have contain God. And he reached over and he grabbed the pitcher and right in the middle of the sanctuary with carpet in late fall in upstate New York, he pours an entire pitcher of water in a communion cup. This, this is what I want from God. I want all God has for me and I want more, mm-hmm. more, more, more. And so you'd think that would be a perfect time to close the service. But no, he had something up of his sleeve. He walked around the corner of the church, the sanctuary had an outside door, and he reels out the garden hose. <laughs> Now, mind you, it's 40 degrees out here in upstate New York in in late October. And he starts walking around to see what people want. And I stood right up. Because God had told me it's time. Mm. And I wanted to be soaked with this hose in the worst way. Mm. And it became a very interesting alter call as he went from person to person who seemed to be interested in what was going on and actually put the hose in their face. And I was, come on, soak me. I want to be soaked. So that is where I, I listened to God finally and said, what he said to me is very simple. I have something for you, but you need to get to know me better. You know, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I had devotions and I prayed and I, I read the Bible and so on and so forth. And I was uh, good to go, but I wanted more. So that was when God said, get to know me better.
0: Mm-hmm. Greg, that was such a significant prophetic act on the part of the pastor, right? That took some courage or uh-huh. some craziness, one or the other. But a prophetic act of, God, I want so much of what you have for me, even if it's messy, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm cold, right, upstate New York. But on your side, on your response of saying, God, whatever it is, I'm willing to go down that road. I had, I didn't have a garden hose, and thankfully, um, they didn't pull that out because I was in Toronto, Canada when I had my call from the Lord, and that was freezing, up there when I, I, I did a similar thing where I just stepped forward and I'm like, God, I'm all in whatever you want. And he did a profound deposit in my spirit at 1998 saying, this is what I have for you. God began to just speak to my heart dreams and visions of something that would come in the future. But I'm going to ask you a question because for me, I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old and when I came home, I'm like, God, am I supposed to start right now with what you've deposited in my heart? And he said, no, Debbie, for you, you go home and you raise your kids. You know, you you be faithful where I have you, but it's I'm gonna prepare you over the next number of years for what I have for you one day. And that took another two decades. So I'm asking you, if this was only six or seven years ago, and you're getting watered down by this prophetic hose, right? This is like God saying, I have so much more, and you're saying, bring it on.
2: What, what happened then next? Well, I, I, I love the fact that God, and, and here, here it goes, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, God had a plan when he put Midnight together many years before that. God, and I honestly believe that we were looking for what to do, and God graciously spoke to you, go home and raise your kids. I I didn't have that clarity, you know, of something until this day when God said get to know me better, it's time you start. Mm-hmm. Okay? Cuz my, my I mean, my wife was in ministry, she had a call and so on and so forth. So I this was my this was my awakening moment. And I didn't know what I didn't I didn't have the clarity you had because cuz God deals everyone differently. When God calls you, He calls you in a way that's unique to you. Absolutely. If God had told me, I've got this for you. And to this day, I don't know where I'm going to go in this ministry because I'm the personality. If God tells me, I want you at the intersection of A and B Street, I will cut corners to get there. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. God doesn't know. I don't know where that that corner is. I don't know where Mm -hmm. I eventually going to land. I just know for right now, I have a call to do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: I I am, am. My, my daughters call me the fixer. Mm-hmm. They have a problem and I come up with a thousand different ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, but God knows what needs to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg, I, I heard you say, and, and I know that uh, one of the things that you speak out a lot when you talk about your story, where you were 27 years ago, where you were seven years ago, and now where you are today is God has a plan, right? You, you just spoke those words. And it's interesting even to hear your story At that moment, God had a plan, and we haven't even dug in yet, right, to to the do-over that God did in your life in 2020, and we're going to get to that part of the story, but being in 2020, looking back, it's so easy to see how God's plan was being worked out, even though you had no concept of what it was going to be or how he was going to use you. You just stood up and said, basically, I don't care what the plan is. I just want you right Mm -hmm. i just want everything that you have for me and i love the fact that you said that you if you knew what the plan was you would have cut corners to get there it's like the israelites right god didn't want them to cut corners they had to go the long way right he was taking them the day that was going way that was going to keep them from certain battles he had a plan for you to get where you were going to go and the road that he has taken you down has not always been easy but you look back and you go, I totally see why you led me that way now, God, because you've always had a plan um, in my life. And even reflecting back to the, you know, I remember when, when we all got married, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the the time on airplanes or in other countries or all of the things that we had the privilege to do when I when I saw you become a pilot, all of these things, seeing how God was working, um, things that... that you might have seen as challenges in front of you. He was opening doors. He was giving you wings, right? You became a pilot. And now you're in this place where you look back and say, God, I'm starting to see a new glimmer on what that hose was all about. And I appreciate what Deb said, too. I have a specific moment I can go back into my life, too, where I had that call, where I had that moment. And then it's like you have that call, and then you take your hands off. You do exactly what he tells you to do, but you say, God, you're, you're in control for the rest. If it's 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it is, I'm just going to follow Jesus. So that's really your story. And, and that's where you are today is a result of what you said. You know, where you are today is a result of what you said when you stood up and said, God, I just want it all.
2: Right. And here's, you know, I really do appreciate ministers like the two of you who can sit there and say, okay, God, I'll watch. Because I kept looking for things. I kept Mm -hmm. putting myself in places where I could be and couldn't be. And none none of it worked out. And so the huge lesson that I learned and hopefully will be some small piece in someone else's life is that when you commit to God's plan, you've got to let go of it. Mm
0: -hmm. The more
2: you try and play with it, the more he has to work around you to get it to where he needs to be. (laughs) Let go and let God. I know it's very cliche, but, you know, I oh, maybe I belong here. Maybe I belong here. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And I've learned just to sit still and wait on the Lord, uh, which is probably the hardest lessons I've had to learn in all my years of, of being being a Christian and serving God.
1: Yeah. And if you look in the in the Bible, most of the people that we know, we talk stories about that were being prepared for something, right? They had to sit still and wait. They They weren't, they weren't able to just go around and try different things god has a plan he gives a call and he fulfills it so yeah i I love that now i know that um we've titled this episode today doing godly things while avoiding god's thing now you titled that episode so tell us tell us about your journey after you had that experience at cornerstone church
2: okay so doing godly things i mean i was i've been on the board in churches for years i you know Work in ministry. I've, you know, helped pastors out. I, uh, you know, I've been in church. I've been active. I've done all the things that we do in church. And I would use those things to not focus on what God gave me, and that's to get to know him better. So, and don't get me wrong, doing godly things is never a bad thing to do. But when God puts a call on your life to do something, follow that call For some people, that's just, I want you to go talk to the guy in the cubicle next to you. That's a call on your life. It might not be a call to ministry. It might not be a call to ordination. It might not be a call to credentialing. But God calls every one of us to do something at some point in time. And we have to respond to that. Because we can, oh, God, I'll pray for him. That's a godly thing. But, you know, we're avoiding God's thing to go talk to him or go minister to him or go do something. Go work in the soup kitchen. Go do something. Go um you know, go help that lady, you know, carry the groceries in her car because mm. you never know, you know, what can happen. There's stories we hear all over the place where we think we've done something horrible and it puts us in a place to help somebody beautifully. Mm. So, mm. Um, so doing godly things is great. Don't stop doing them, but <laughs> don't avoid God's thing.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, we were talking, really, this is the last week of September, so this is our final week on do-overs. But one of the things that we've been reflecting on, Greg, all three weeks as we have come up to uh, today is the fact that God will use our circumstances to get our attention, to put us and make sure and secure us on the path that is going to lead to fulfilling the call that he's placed on our lives. Like we just talked about Jonah last week. And certainly that is an example of a man who was uh, running from God's plan. You know, yours is, your story is different. You weren't running from God's plan. You were get, being busy while you were maybe to wait for God's plan at that time. But a man who was running from God's plan that God even reached out to him and gave him a do-over. And then what we talked about last week was he gave him the opportunity to do exactly what he had called him to do in the first place, right? He didn't say, because you missed it or you didn't follow me the right way, I'm downgrading your call. He still said, Jonah, it's the same call I have for you. So in these past seven years, God has allowed you to start things that you know are lining up with the call that he has on your life to prepare you for things. But I think there are certain circumstances that happen in each of our lives that really get our attention. It's kind of a wake up call, maybe, you know, a do over. For you, it was a lot different than for Jonah, right? You have had a a circumstance that happened to you just recently that has really changed your perspective or your understanding of how to follow the call that God has for you. Um, You know, can you share that with our listeners? Because this is a a monumental moment that has happened in your life that I'm sure that others have had similar experiences and how this has really changed you uh, for the good.
2: Oh, absolutely. So in early June... Um, we came to church, had a great day. I visited some family. was out. We had a family over for dinner. I uh, was out weed whacking down uh, on a piece of our property, and I developed a sudden onset of chest pain and shortness of breath. And being a paramedic, I know it's probably asthma awesome because I really have bad allergies. So the machine stopped, and I love how God puts details in things. I mean, no detail is small is too small for God. So my wife was. Cleaning up the kitchen, decided she was going to lay down. Decided, no, I'm going to clean the kitchen. No, I'm going to go inside to water my plants because she loves her gardens. So she steps out of the kitchen door, turns the water on the hose. Here's the weed whacker, stops suddenly. And she yells down, are you okay? And I said, no, come get me. So we have a, my wife says, no, ride the Kubota up." No, come get me. <laughs> So she comes down, and I was sitting on the on. I'd walked around the pond, and it's sitting by the driveway. And she thought, "Oh, well, he weed whacked himself." And uh, I get in the car, and I, I can't, I can't breathe, and my chest hurts, and I sit there for a few minutes. And this has got to be asthma. It's got to be my allergies. And the the, the tap on my shoulders, you know, no, you're a paramedic. What is this? You're having a heart attack. Call nine one one. So I call nine one one, and of course I have to manage everything. So I call my. I have my wife call my daughter over to put all the equipment away. So I get there, my 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 daughter's praying for me. She's laying hands on me, for, you know. once you, know, you know, God's best for me. Um, I see the ambulance. I see the paramedic unit pull up. The medic walks up, and it's a young lady that I had worked with for years and helped some of her training, and so on and so forth. Um, and she looked at me and said, "What?" Are you doing? She knew exactly who I was. Mm. And I asked her if I'd go to a different hospital. And she goes, no.
1: <laughs> so
2: the ambulance pulls up because it's a, it's, a, it's a medic in a car, and just like in a lot of places. And the ambulance pulls up. And in the ambulance is, a, is two guys working part time one that I worked with for years. He happens to actually be the chief at one of the lo- a local paramedic unit in my area. And one of my students, in my current paramedic class. <laughs> So,
0: what a scary practical! He probably thought you were faking just as a quiz.
2: Oh yeah, no. Well, the, the next line got him really well. You appreciate that is that I said I looked at him and said, and I won't use his name. I said, if you write the chart and you get an A and you turn it in, I'll give you an A for it. If I live.
0: <laughs> if I live.
2: If I live. <laughs> no oh, pressure. Man. He came to me later and said uh, he couldn't even think because he recognized the address and he recognized the name he, and his going through his thought was. He's got to live. i got to finish paramedic school. (laughs) I
1: cannot imagine the emotion that those three individuals were experiencing when they walked into your house and saw you, the one who needed assistance, Greg, because you're standing and being a paramedic for all of these years. You have taught people. You have instructed people. You have helped people all of these years. And to see you being the one who needed help, I can only imagine how they felt walking into your home you know, oh, looking was,
2: to you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, the students said, "This is surreal." I didn't really know what I, I had it. Exactly. So when,
0: when you're so used to Annie, Annie, are you okay? And it's, oh my goodness, Mister Greg, are you okay? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> they looked at me and said, "You didn't look okay." Oh. So, wow, Greg. So the power of God and the power of prayer is great. In my family. I had to throw my daughter out of the car to let them hear My can get out. Mm. You know, keep praying, but just move. So uh, we get, we, they, take, they take me to the local hospital, the local cath, cath lab center where I could get immediate uh, care. And I walk into the ER, and the young lady who's a paramedic introduces me, Hi, this is Greg. He's a 30-year paramedic. He's fully aware it's going on, and he knows everything you're going to say and do.
0: Wow. And wow. he likes to be in charge. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Well, as, as the story goes on, and I, I thought I was there for several minutes. It turns out I was there for maybe two minutes. And mm-hmm. I looked at the, I looked up, and I was laying in the, in, on the bed, and I said, folks, I'm going to pass out. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, and it, it fits into this whole thing we're hear, talking about hearing God's voice, is that um, medically, when you lose consciousness, the last sense to stop working is your hearing. And as you regain consciousness, the first sense to start working is your hearing. Hmm. God did that on purpose. Mm. Um, So I'm laying there and I'm passing out, and I hear them say, he's in fib. Now, you may not know what fib is, it's a rhythm called ventricular fibrillation. But if you ever looked on TV, with all the squiggly lines on TV, and they grab the paddles and shock them, that's what I was in. Mm. So one of the doctors did a, a procedure where they punch you in the chest. And I felt it. I thought, oh, well, that was a shock. That wasn't too bad. And then I could still hear, even though I was unconscious, losing it altogether, I heard the paddles charge. Mm. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) And the the word, the last words I remember going through my, the two last sentences going through my mind was, this is going to hurt. Mm. (laughs) They fired it off, and I told myself, you weren't lying.
1: wow so, um, all while you're unconscious you are thinking these things yeah well and, and obviously and hearing my, these things
2: my world was closing in yeah. on me, yeah yeah but it's amazing just, so the, the immediate correlation to that is sometimes we have to be quiet to hear god mm. mm-hmm. okay which goes all kinds of different directions that we're going to keep moving in the story because we don't want to be here told next week <laughs> um, so i wake up probably anywhere from four to six minutes later and I Heard the one doctor say, What did we give him? and they told me the two drugs they'd given me, so I knew approximately how long I'd been out. Uh, and I turned my head to the right, and what they used to you've seen it on TV, they, they put on, the mask on your face and they breathe for you. Uh, I, I felt that in my face, and I said, What was that? Never mind, I understand.
1: Mm.
2: So, um, one doc, when sometimes when you have that rhythm, your body can react almost like having a seizure, mm. and uh. The one doctor said, what do we give him for the seizure? And I said, don't bother. It's the rhythm. I'll be okay. Oh, my
0: Mm -hmm. word.
2: (laughs) And then the one doctor said, we should put a tube in his throat to breathe for him. And I said, no, I'm breathing okay. (laughs) You leave it alone.
1: This is almost a movie. This is almost a movie where the patient on the stretcher is giving the doctor instruction on how to take care of him.
2: At at that point in time, uh, the young lady was still in the room. And um, it, it turns out later that when I went unconscious the first time, they help direct direct the care and uh, they told me later that I don't we've never seen someone run their own code. Oh you,
0: my goodness. You are hilarious. Oh
2: my so goodness. I I went to the cath lab. I uh, I got I got a I got a stent placed. I passed out several more times and apparently I coded in the cath lab at some point in time because there's my wife in the ER room waiting to be taken upstairs and she hears overhead code blue in the cath lab. Mm, mm. I don't think she was aware of what I did in the ER because mm. so they, 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 she saw them wheel me out to the, the cath lab or, or someone told her I was on my way upstairs and she heard them go mm. go off. Mm. And um, so all that goes on and uh, all bunch of stuff goes through that. But I, I wheel out to the, I wheel out, out of the cath lab and they, um, they had placed a stent and I walk past my family Mm. And the words out of my mouth were I looked at my family and said, Hey, did you hear I died twice? Mm. Mm. And uh, because I'm a Mm humorist, and I told the pastor, I was was scheduled to preach a couple of Sundays when I said, pastor, I'm not
1: preaching. Um, (laughs) Well, I think that's, I think that's really uh, the part of the story. um, Like you, you had to be brought back twice. Well, and, and you had, how many times did you have to receive the paddles? Wasn't it like, 22
2: 22 times? 22 times. My cardiologist said, that's unheard of. And I said, no, that's God.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And this is where we reflect back and we say, God had a plan. Oh, absolutely. From the very beginning. This is a a unique story. It sounds like to me, I don't hear about people experiencing this thing, this kind of a thing um, on a regular basis. And so you kind of have to look at your story and say, okay, God, seven years ago, um, I experienced uh, something with a hose and I gave my all to you and you don't waste anything. Right. So what is this experience all about? You know, I, I think that's always our question. You know, we can, we can take it to our, our country right now that the chaos that seems to be around us in so many ways in our schools and our jobs and financially and, and illness and whatnot, like we can kind of say, God, what you, you're allowing this. So what do you want to speak through it or what do you want to do through it? And in your life, as you're rolling by saying you won't be preaching on sunday and you know i'm back i'm back yep. as you're going through all this are you reflecting at this point i'm i'm hearing a lot of peace in your voice and in your spirit as you're going through this experience are you reflecting at this time on back to the hose or god what are you doing or god what's your plan i know you have one like what's going through your heart and your head while you are in the middle of all this uh a lot of peace Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of peace. Um, My two middle daughters were, yeah, my uh, two middle daughters were on their way to the hospital. And when they announced the code, my wife called them and said, You have to get here really fast. And they've been praying the entire time down the road. And they independently looked at each other and said, You feel the peace? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So God gave them peace. They both came to the same conclusion at the same time that I have a recovery. I'd be okay.
1: Yep.
2: Okay. So my wife never lost it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And my wife is, is is a rock, but she she can be emotional. Uh, she said, I, I had a little twinge when they called the cat lab code. Um, but surrounded by friends and family, you know, including Laura's husband was down there in the, in the parking lot. Um, got that plan and i came out of the entire event with a new respect for that for that phrase mm-hmm. because do i think god put me in cardiac arrest to get my attention no i do not this was an event that was going to happen so i tell people COVID's my friend because i was planning to be overseas that weekend coming home on an airplane that mm-hmm. sunday afternoon
0: mm-hmm. that would but been a different god outcome used, different outcome god,
2: god used the, the shutdown and God used everything because I tell people that if you walk in the throne of God right now, there is zero chaos. Mm. There is no confusion. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. There's no anything because God is in control.
1: Amen. So I
2: walked away with watching several miracles happen in the, in, the, in the couple hours I was involved in this whole event to knowing that God was with me the entire time. And when he spoke to me clearly was, I've got this. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay,
2: to the point where, in 2011, I had a catheterization because my my cardiologist was over concerned. Uh, so I had a 30% blockage in one vessel, my heart, and a 50% blockage in another vessel. Well, what happened was the vessel that was 50% clogged back then, 100% included, and that's where my stent sits. The doctor that performed my procedure looked through my entire heart, double check while I was there. He said we couldn't find that 30%. It's mm-hmm. gone.
1: Wow. Wow. So, Praise God.
2: So, you know, these things just don't disappear. I mean, he made he made some, you know, we shocked you so many times, It must have moved it and cleared it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: maybe if they didn't shock me so many times, maybe it wouldn't have cleared. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm here because God hands never left me through an entire 22 shocks. And I remember several of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the lines, I remember, eh, this ride ain't too bad. I've been on it before.
1: oh my goodness wow
2: and no time i for one second i thought mitch better god you got to be okay i got to be okay because mitch can't go through losing another husband Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm um so Mm -hmm. god has a plan he's brought it all the way around and i know that that i need to be about god's thing
1: amen when you when you just said that you came out and your your arteries were clear right, you came out with a clarity in your body, hmm. did you also come through this, has there been a clarity on the call, or has there been something coming out of this that has kind of refocused or given direction as far as what that hose experience was about, and now seven years later enduring this, is there a, a clarity, or have, has something changed for you since you've been through this, which I know was not that long ago?
2: Right, urgency. God, mm. God gave me direction seven years ago. And I'll tell you, Laura, you're one of the inspiring inspirations for me to get, to get on this. As you went through the same process I'm going through, it was, you know, you had urgency. Mm. And I kind of, I, I mean, the, the first level of credentialing, i am done nine books. And it took me six months to get to that ninth book. I had to renew it once because mm. there was no urgency to it. There was a wow. drive to do it and a desire to do it. I wanted to do godly things. But there wasn't an urgency to to, to fulfill the fulfill the call.
0: Wow, I think some of that urgency too is you you stare death in the face, and you realize how frail our lives are, how quickly it can be taken away, and in God's God is looking at each of our lives, each listener, through the lens of eternity, and when we and when we as believers hear God place something on our heart, and God tells us to do something in a certain time frame and we delay doing it because of whatever reason we have, th- there could be consequences in someone's mm-hmm. life of whether or not they're hearing about Jesus through our lives and mm-hmm. God's saying, look, this matters for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so for you, you you step to death's door and God said, not yet, but mm-hmm. boy, you come back and you're like, okay, now I need, I need mm-hmm. to really answer the call when God is telling me to move, not only because it impacts me, but, but God, what, like what you have planned to do through my life, who you want me to share Christ with, you know, to be bold in sharing the gospel, truly eternity's um, uh, on the, um, it, it's in the balance, right. For other mm-hmm. people's lives. I would think you would come out of that going, all right, God, I'm ready to do what mm-hmm. you want me to do and when you want me to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. an urgency to to complete the task He has given me. Yes. Because I don't, I don't know what the next task is, but I have a task in my hand, and that task shall be completed.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Because you just want more of that hose. I you do. Just want, and I, I, do have to say this, and I've reflected on this a couple of times as we've been speaking. But you, I, I see things like this when stories are told. Um, you know, you said that Midge went out to one of the flowers and she picked up the hose. I saw right? that too. It's like, yes. And I thought, hmm, another hose. Another opportunity for watering, and it becomes the next part of your story. You know, I just wonder how, and I know you know we will see it as the journey continues. But the urgency, uh, Greg, you've been you've been ministering at, at church, you know, for a while now, and you know, speaking on Sunday mornings, or now with COVID, uh, being a part of the foyer talks at Calvary, and uh, even the the urgency that I sense as you're speaking now through these foyer talks, it's it's a different um, it's a different speaking was a different uh, vibe behind it. If that makes sense, it's probably the Mm -hmm. wrong word, but you know what I'm saying? There's a, I think when we come through these things and we see God's hand and we can go, wow, God had a plan. I'm no longer doing just doing godly things. I'm doing God's thing. Absolutely. That's where the fire comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the emoji that people post like fire, fire, fire. You know, that's where the fire of God is pouring through you as you speak. And as you do what he's called you to do for this season. So that, that just fires me up, honestly, because I'm excited. It's always fun. You know, Deb and I, I think we encourage each other in the Lord as God calls each of us to do different things. We're constantly firing each other up about it, being excited for what uh, God's doing in our lives. But that, this encourages me because I see you moving into the purposes that God has for you. That is really exciting.
0: You know what? A hose needs to be attached to a source. Otherwise, it's just a, a rubber hose. And so f- just to encourage you Greg as he he was like I want I want Greg you just to pursue me. I want you to just find me as your source. As all you have to do for the next season of life is to stay connected to the source. He's going to fill you with everything that you need and he's going to then he'll start pointing the direction, okay? What are over here, what are over there. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about following his call is the power and and what he wants to do through you it's not your responsibility to make that happen you just stay connected to him your personal you know intimacy with the father he'll pour the the like the the water right he'll pour the anointing through you he will show you the places that are dry that need that anointing poured out i think sometimes when you're a go-getter mr fixer you want to try to make the water come out at a certain volume. And God's mm-hmm. like, you just stay. The more you stay connected, mm-hmm. the more you stay connected to me, let me be the one who directs where I'm going to use you. Mm-hmm. And it takes the pressure off of you. Make You can't make something happen. You know, you just have to be the vessel that he works through. Mm-hmm. And that is so exciting because he called you first to himself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it does. starts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He always yep. does. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Greg, your story is amazing on so many levels. And again, going back through September, um, it you know Jonah ran in disobedience, right? And God t- put him on the right path and gave him a do over. So there was a spirit; it was all spiritual. For God's given you a different kind of do over that has led to a spiritual do over because He's giving He's given you uh, uh, a do over fit with physical life, like. Mm-hmm a do-over and probably a three times over, right? Because there were two two incidences in the hospital that night. So you, you've been given a do-over and a do-over. And why were you given more physical life? You were given more physical life so that you could enjoy and continue to enjoy and pour out and do what you've been called to for abundant life, you know, and experience that a greater way. So your story uh, is is one that is is profound and I know that God is not done with it yet. You know, and and we are going to watch you and be excited for what God has on the other side.
0: So, Greg, before we wrap up this amazing um, testimony on this podcast, just take a minute and think about is there anything that you would love to just encourage our listeners from your story? Any takeaways, final words with Greg that we can um, just sink our teeth into?
2: Yes. God calls us to himself. You said it very clearly. God calls us to obedience. Some people's obedience is going through training. Some people's obedience is to clean the church. Some people's obedience is to be a good husband. Your obedience started with being a good mother and raising your children. So he calls us to obedience first because he wants to sow into us and pour into us the amount of water that will overflow our cup and then be able to flow to other people in abundance. Some people's cup might be a pitcher. Some people's cup might be a uh, something smaller. But if we're obedient, God will sow into us and use us mightily, because that's the plan that he has made for each and every one of us, every single minute of our life, God has us something, something to do, and he wants us to fulfill his plan. And the reward for being obedient is the same from the word so the same for being huge in some people's eyes. So it's not a matter of size. It's a matter of obedience. Amen.
1: That's
0: so good. So good. Well, what a great conclusion of a month of do-over podcast. Yes,
1: yes, it's great. And
0: Greg, we so appreciate you giving of your time. And, and honestly, this is the first time having a man. Um, really be involved with beyond uh, conference, beyond women's conference, beyond the building. So congratulations! I don't know if that's exciting to you or not, but it's exciting to us.
2: <laughs> it, it's always exciting to share God's word with with two pastors that I I, I appreciate dearly. We appreciate. I love the work you do, and it just you're following God's call, and He is in it. It's quite clear that He's
1: in it. We appreciate you too.
0: Very honored to link arms with you in this journey. And so to everyone else, we just want to thank you for joining us, uh, not only this day, but this month from beyond the building with uh, Laura Perino and Debbie Kiever. And today with Greg Diener as our special guest, we want to thank you for tuning in. Listen, this great opportunity you have to share this podcast with your friends. Do you know somebody who has um, had their own story of a second chance with their physical health, this would be a great encouragement uh, for you to share with them because God's not done with them, right? While you still have breath, you still have a purpose here on this earth. You don't want to waste that. So we want to thank you for tuning in today. And we, bottom line, we want to tell you that God has a plan as uh, Greg (laughs) has so reminded us. We are excited about October coming up. We cannot believe that a fall is upon us. And so we are going to announce very shortly what that uh, month is going to be. But it, let me just promise you right now, God has a plan. He already knows. We may, <laughs> we actually don't know what it is yet, but that's the key. We're going to ask him, and he's going to open up our our hearts to hear what's on his heart. So thanks so much for joining us today. We love you. We're praying for you. If there's a way that we can pray specifically with you, please do not hesitate to reach out. God bless everybody. Thanks for being with us today. Bye-bye. Bye.